You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You goddamn right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford and this is GGR Pirate Radio. Guys, we've got an awesome website. You should check it out. It is greatgeekrefuge.com. There are articles. There's lots more podcasts that you guys can check out. All sorts of fantastic content featuring stuff from myself, Mike Lunsford, as previously mentioned, but also from a litany of other awesome contributors that we have. In fact, some of those, but not all of them, are on this podcast this evening. In fact, the guy who helped found this website with me in 2014 is also the co-host since day one of our podcast. He's with us this evening. His name is Steve Monick. I cannot believe it was that long ago. I I, I, I'm choosing to refuse to believe that. It's it's nuts, isn't it? We've it's wild. It's wild, man. We've also got another contributor. In fact, when we look at like our movie reviews and content that we do. One of my favorite articles that's ever been written on this website was written by this guy I'm about to mention right now. It was his review of um, Todd Phillips's Joker movie. So yeah, you should check it out because the guy has some really, really good things to say. But not only is he a good writer, he's also good with the words too, which is why we got him on the podcast. And when it comes to drawing pictures, motherfucker is talented and his name is James Rambo. I talk good or Englishes. <laughs> He fail English? That's impossible. That's impossible. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Guy, of course, man. Of course. We are always glad to have you. Um, in the, the coronavirus quarantine that many of us are stuck in, one of the things that a lot of people have been doing is you're trying to distract yourself from all of the stuff that's going on outside. Um, you know, a horribly racist f football franchise that also apparently sexually harasses all their female employees. You know, maybe you don't want to have any more of that because you've just had enough, right? So you decide that you want to turn to Netflix or Hulu or whatever other source you can to distract yourself. We're talking about that. We're talking about, as we like to call it, what we're watching. So I want to start with Mr. Rambo here, our esteemed guest. Um, like, what Like, what are you currently watching? What are you binging? Like, what, what, are, what has been on your hit list so it were oh jesus um well we've officially crossed 100 movies that me and katie have watched uh wow. since like mid-march i think um 
So, and that's just the ones I've been keeping track of. I, I, I got this inclination in my head to start documenting all of the movies I watch. Um, I'm not really sure why more just curiosity if nothing else. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, and of the, so yeah, hundred, hundred plus movies, I think we're at like 103. Um, and as far as TV is concerned, we're in the, the low twenties, uh, that we've either finished or have, have, uh, uh, been trying to start up and go through. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I just very recently finished, uh, Frasier. I think I watched all of Frasier in like a month and a half. Wow. Uh, there's 11 episodes, about 22 episodes a piece, 11 seasons, about 22 episodes a piece. Um, you did 232 episodes of television. Jesus. <laughs> I have. Holy shit. <laughs> so I, I default to, um, being more of a night owl and it's not fair to say I watched all of Frasier. I had it on. I was mostly watching it while I was fucking with my phone. Um, <laughs> And I, you know, I would be yeah. up. So, so, um, earlier today when I posted like, what the fuck did I w- wake up to? I literally had just woken up. It was two 30 in the, in the PM. Um, yeah, that was fun by the way. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> um, so nothing, nothing like any semitism, semitism to wake you up, right? Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Hey, right, let me check my phone. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I, I've been staying up until, like, between 4.30 and 7 a.m. and just sleeping until, like, 2 o'clock. Uh, so from about midnight until when I go to bed, I just have not really much all to do. So I tend to just put on TV that I can kind of zone out a little bit and and let run. Um but yeah, all of Frasier. That is a funny fucking show, man. It's the second time I watched all of it. It is incredibly tightly paced and really funny and self-referential. The continuity on that show is very good with a couple little exceptions. Um, like they make references to things uh, really tight. Like if you're not paying attention, you won't catch it references. Like there's a, a, a specific, there's a specific setup probably two or three seasons in about how if Niles lies, uh, knowingly lies, his nose bleeds. Um, <laughs> and so, fuck, I, I think this was like middle to, 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 to end of the seasons. Um, every now and then he would tell a fib and he would immediately put his, his finger to his nose and they don't explain it. They don't talk about it any further. They don't go into like why he's doing that, but occasionally like, a character will notice and be like, Ooh, <laughs> and point at him. Um, but it's stuff like that where they, they keep tying back. Basically I, I had finished cheers. Um, and then I was like, well, I can do one of a couple things. Um, fuck it. Let's put on Frasier again. Uh, and just burn through that show. Um, but yeah, it's all on Hulu. I highly recommend it. Uh, aside from that, yeah, a bunch of movies, uh, just watched Parasite last night. Holy shit. That is a well-made film. It deserved all of the accolades. It's rare that the, the, the hype maintains on something like that. But I honestly, I'm not going to say too much more about that movie aside from just go watch it. Because there's some really cool surprises. And people I trust, um, after they'd seen it, made a point of saying, don't look it up. Don't watch the trailer. Don't learn anything about it. Just watch it. Um, 
so yeah, that's a uh, that's just a little little sample of what I've been doing. But you guys, Mr. Monic, what are you watching, buddy? Yeah, so I'm in. in I'm sure you guys and and, and people listening you will feel the same way. You kind of have these like life pockets of routine where like you do the same thing for for quite a bit of time and then something changes the paradigm a little bit and you're and you just kind of settle into the new routine and the current routine that we're on right now is that we have a baby and mandy is building her own as mike mentioned she's building her own custom order cookie business and she's hand decorating at this point literally hundreds of cookies every single week um so we've kind of taken to putting very similar to the way Rambo described it of kind of like, this is something you can have on in the background. And it's not really something that if you're not eagle eyed, paying attention to every minute of it, like lost used to be back in the day or whatever, you're going to be out of sorts. You're not going to know what the hell is going on stuff that you can kind of float in and out of, you know, cause sometimes a kid wakes up and I got to go help him go back to sleep or man, he's really focused on an intricate design or something. So we've been putting on like some old gems. We just watched through all the parks and rec and oh. boy, does that show hold up? It just makes me like, there's very few shows at this point that legitimately make me laugh out loud. Where, because most of the time it's kind of that like, <laughs> yeah, it's funny, like kind of thing. But like, I mean, some of the stuff, and it's coming from everybody, everyone on that cast. I mean, a lot of people like Andy, and that's where Chris Pratt kind of got big and, and whatnot. But everybody has their moments. I've laughed at everyone in that show, and that was a real nice kind of, as Rima put it, kind of a background. You're on your phone, you're doing something else, and you're phasing in and out, and you're wherever you're picking it up, you're fine at. Um, but I've mentioned a few times what I'm really spending my entertainment time on this year for me, my, my new year's resolution, I wanted to read more. I wanted to get through, I made the goal of 50 novels, like 50 books this year. And I'm just a touch behind. I've only finished 24 so far. Um, but I still feel like for me, I've probably finished 24 in the last like 11 years. So, you know, it's definitely a, a quite a challenge that I've given myself. Um, and I've mentioned I, I'm kind of reading through a fantasy series called The Wheel of Time. And that is by no means a small uh, series. It's 14 books and they're all like fantasy book, like late say, stage like Harry Potter. Got, yeah. If you got through that quickly, it's false advertising. So. <laughs> correct. Correct. <laughs> like and I'm and I'm switching between reading a, a copy of it and listening to the audiobook. like I'm listening while I'm doing work and then I'm reading on my Kindle you know, when, when it's reading time um, and, and boy, I'll tell you what audiobooks are kind of changing the game for me at work. You know what I mean? Like that's really what I'm diving a lot of into from entertainment standpoint uh, while I'm at work, folding laundry, doing dishes, things like that, like just chores around the house and just walking around hearing that story, envisioning it in my mind. Um, it's something I always kind of discounted because growing up, I watched TV, I watched movies and I read comic books and the visuals are all right there for you. Um, and I've always liked stories, uh, but I guess I always discounted the the word the version of that and being able to paint that picture in your mind i know something i liked every once in a while but uh that's something i'm really coming to appreciate more than i ever did in the past and kind of creating my own version of it not that i dislike movies comics and tv anymore but it's just a medium that i had deprioritized i'm very glad i challenged myself to to give it a fair shake and i'm enjoying it so far nice yeah yeah very cool dude um I 
I went on a I went on a binge like big time. Right. Like I was I was really missing baseball because when I was joking about it, because the, um, actually last night, coincidentally, uh, the Nationals had an inner squad match. Right. And I it, they were streaming it on um, on Periscope, like through uh, Twitter. And I like streamed it to my TV and I'm watching it. Right. And I'm falling asleep on the couch and I got up and I was like, man, I'm so excited to have baseball back. And I'm telling my wife about it. I was like, I'm so excited to have it back that I fell asleep on the couch watching it just like I normally would. Like it's <laughs> it's not that I was like so excited to watch it. It's just like this, like, you know, it's it's just what I do. I like watching. <laughs> I like watching baseball. Um, but because of that, I've actually been binging a ton of baseball movies and a little preview here. I am going to be writing an article about it. I'm actually like halfway through it right now. But um, about all the like baseball movies that I've seen, kind of ranking them, like talking about my favorite ones, but also talking about some ones that were just utter dog shit that I watched. Um, so I'll be bringing those up, too. Uh, but also some ones that I had never seen before that I finally got a chance to see. So um, a ton of baseball movies. I had never seen the Kevin Costner, Kelly Preston for Love of the Game. And I, I'm not even joking when I say this. I watched it two days before finding out that Kelly Preston died. So yeah, it was like, man. yeah, it was it was some interesting timing. It was. Yeah, it was it was really I mean, it was a good movie, though. I really, really, really enjoyed it a lot. Um, really good flick. Um, but yeah, like um, Mr. Baseball, the one with Tom Selleck, I had never seen. I had seen like the entire movie, but never like, like cohesively from the very beginning. So I finally got to see all of that. And I really enjoyed that. I, I think Tom Selleck is just like, he's one of those guys that like, that movie's not like the greatest movie ever, but like when you put Tom Selleck in the right element, you can't go wrong. And that's, that's basically what this was. Um, really enjoyed that. Um, still to this, to this point, um, I think, I think your best is still going to be um, field of dreams. I think that's one of the best ones. I think, um, let's see, what else? Um, I think Major League, like, it's goofy, but it's it's amazing. And then The Natural is, like, The Natural is just, like, a work of art. It's just a great movie in general. Um, Major League is a great movie. <laughs> yeah, I love Major League so very much. Um, I, I didn't hear Angels in the Outfield on that list, so <laughs> no. can you please revise your list of greatest baseball movies of all time? It's, it's actually funny, and when I write the, when I release the article, I think I'm going to catch some shit for it, but that's okay. Um, I, I state right up front in the article, I was like, I am not talking about the following movies, and I list off <laughs> Angels in the Outfield, I list off uh, the Big League, yeah. uh, Rookie of the Year, uh, The Sandlot, and I was like, look, I was like, look, I get it, you guys all love these movies, but they're not baseball movies, they're kids' movies about baseball. I was like, and The Sandlot is a classic. In fact, like, I think it takes up so much space on the Internet right now that I'm not doing it a disservice by not mentioning it. Yeah. And then, like, I, I put a picture of, like, all the people from The Sandlot and then I like make a joke. I was like, who would be faster? You know, Benny the Jet Rodriguez or Willie Mays Hayes? So, like, I give it, like, a little bit of a blurb and then I'm like, all right, fuck all that nonsense. I'm talking about all these other baseball movies. So I gave it its due. OK, but like, like, fuck off with those kids movies, man. Seriously, leave me alone. Um. The one that I the show that I was not expecting to not so much not, that I wasn't expecting to like, but like I remember going to Awesome Con maybe three years ago. And then at the time they had just released the new on Netflix Lost in Space series and the crew and cast were all there and it was a big thing. And they were like, hey, you can get free access and you can watch it early. And I'm like, I got more important things to do right now. I don't have time to watch Lost in Space. 
and I never got around to it. But I started watching watching it the other day. Um, I turned it on and I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, I have affectionately referred to it as fuck them kids in space because <laughs> apparently the Robinson family is just like, hey, something really, really dangerous is happening. Let's send a child to fix it. And like that's kind of like, what the, what the fuck's going on here? But um, overall, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm about three episodes in. Um, I really like the twist they did with uh, Dr. Smith. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but overall, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying it, man. It's a good flick. Uh, good flick, good series. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are my those are my big ones that I'm watching right now. Um, haven't really been reading anything, unfortunately, but I've been watching a ton of stuff and listening to podcasts. And um, I wanted to give a shout out real quick, though, too, to one of our friends that we've had on the podcast on an interview. Uh, they're called The Fic List, which is it's all about fanfic. And they go into like all the little nuances of it. Those guys are awesome. Give them a listen when you get a chance. But also um, there's another one that is actually had me on as a guest. And I want to give them a shout out because I didn't get a chance to do it when um, I was on as a uh, guest. And it's called Caught by Happy. Um, and it literally is just like, what is what are the things that you're doing that you're passionate about that make you happy? Let's talk about them. That's the whole premise of the podcast, and it's fantastic. And uh, the guy who runs it, Matt, Matt's a really, really cool dude, really, really good interviewer, um, had a really good time on his show. So definitely check those out. So, gentlemen, as far as the rest of what's going on in the world, I mean, I, I know, Rambo, you were doing a little bit of gaming. You said you finished Legend of Zelda Link to the Past for the first time ever. Yes. <laughs> have you Fuck picked? Yeah. Any- <laughs> have- well, welcome, brother. It's good to have you on this side of the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I uh, I played through both uh, Super Metroid and Link to the Past in its entirety. Um, I think I've beaten. I think I might have beaten Link to the Past once when I was a kid, but like I don't think I had everything or something along those lines. I don't remember fighting Ganon. Um, beforehand uh but this was the first time i was able to do it in its entirety um and super metroid oh god that was so fucking fulfilling um but yeah i'm uh what am i deploying right now um i'm currently making my way through uh the 2016 uh doom which that game knows what it is about it is um super hyperactive um, like they make a point of saying in, in like the little tips on the loading screen. Um, what is it? It's something like something along the lines of, uh, standing still dooms you to hell. Um, essentially wow. keep fucking moving. Like if you, if this is not a time to like pick a perch and try and snipe shit. Um, if you can great, but <laughs> you, you need to be moving as much as you can. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like the soundtrack's fantastic. It's really gorgeous looking. Uh, Doom Eternal is also on on, on my list now, uh, thanks to this one, um, which is the one that dropped a couple months, like a month or two ago. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. It, it's it's super fast paced. Apparently, there's something like if you just play through it straight, it's like a ten hour campaign. Um, but like you're, it it is a tight ten hours. Uh, you, like your, my adrenaline is way up whenever I'm playing that game, um, between like the sound effects, 
the way the actual enemies move and function um and like the 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 actual gameplay it's uh it's really well made aside from that me and katie have just been playing tetris a lot um we uh we picked up switch from a friend of ours and that's how i was able to play uh, uh metroid and, and, and zelda as well um but yeah man it's it's been good um oh also i wanted to mention earlier uh i'm i'm slowly working through my backlog of comics as well um it's oh, yeah what are you reading a fucking mountain um <laughs> i i just read uh dc 2000 um which was this little two issue uh mini series that tom payer did um a- around the year 2000 um it's a uh it's it's a sort of a revamp of the first meeting of the jla and the jsa um where tio morrow is going back in time um to bring modern technology from the present to the past in order to influence the future so that he becomes like this, you know, godlike dictator. Um, so you get a scene where the JSA is sitting around a laptop um, and the specter is, is the one typing away on it. And he's, and he's like, I call it the information scope. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's, you can do all these amazing things. Like there's all these things programmed into it. Like there's satellite feeds and stuff. Um, or not satellite feeds, but like, uh, satellite footage, um, and, uh, GPS tech, um, native to the computer itself. And then nobody touches it for a second. And our man is just staring at it. He's like, is that a baby dancing? <laughs> and it's like, ah, yes. Whenever it sits, sits idle for too long, <laughs> this image appears. I do not, it confounds me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, it, it was a lot of fun. And, and it, it's, it's one of those sort of, um, like it's a story that's appeared on a lot of like, you know, top 100 lists of DC comics for a long time. And I never really got around to it, but I, I ended up having two copies of each, each issue, um, because I'm a crazy person. Um, and yeah, I finally sat down and read it and I really enjoyed it. Um, aside from that, I was going through Scott Snyder's run on JLA, which eh, hasn't really grabbed me. Uh, the art is gorgeous, but the writing is only so, so, um, and I just finished, um, that court of owls guy. Yes. Which I really enjoyed his Batman. Thank you. Yes. But great. Was it Greg, uh, with the artist on that one, Greg Capullo. Yes. Yes. Um, I really, I really like that. And you're saying the JLA stuff, not, not as strong. It's not bad. It's just, yeah, it just, it just hasn't really grabbed me. And I, I think part of it might be like Snyder. I, I also really enjoy American vampire. Um, and I think he might work best on darker things. And it's not that he can't write Wonder Woman or Superman or anybody else. It's just for whatever reason, I think his sensibilities line up better with darker characters. Um, because, you know, I really dug his Batman run, his, um, uh, uh, you know, American Vampire is a very, is very much a horror story. Um, and yeah, and those work really well, but for some reason it just, you know, the JLA stuff, it didn't click with me. Um, I have a couple more issues to, to pick up and read through. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see if maybe I can be turned on that, but it, it almost has, <sighs> do you guys ever watch, uh, Stephen Moffat's run on Dr. Who? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Moffat, when he was good, I think that he was doing some really impressive things. Um, but he had a tendency to skew toward, I'm going to write whatever I want and then explain it away by saying, it's like a fairy tale. Um, <laughs> Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which, which like even that line, I was like, oh, okay, cool. You've kind of given yourself carte blanche to do things. That's fine. But he seemed to really like, there, there didn't seem to be any restrictions on it, which bugged me. Um, and I can't even, I, I, this is bad criticism. I can't even really point to a specific thing in this justice league run that evokes that, but that same kind of feeling of almost like, I'm not really going to explain this. And it's got more sort of an overall cosmic feel and Hey, it's comic books, kids. Um, which you kind of get in, um, uh, DC metal, which is a uh, mini series that him and Capullo did, um, which I enjoyed the shit out of, but it's mostly because that is big, crazy, wacky stuff. You know what? I think that's what it is. I'm okay intent, with it. Right? It's, 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 it is the intent of it. And it, and like the ideas are good enough that I'm willing to excuse some of the execution. And with the, the justice league run, it's not that it's bad. It's just that I'm not particularly wowed by it. Um, whereas with DC metal, the, the whole, the whole background of DC metal was okay. So we have the multiverse, right? Well, let's say the multiverse exists on kind of a spectrum. Um, almost like, uh, 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 you know, in firefly, you have the core planets and you have like the outer worlds, um, where like the core planets all have a lot of money and they're all well taken care of and, and they're all okay. But then the, on the outer rim, that's where all the poor people live. Um, and all the people who can't really afford to, uh, better themselves and educate themselves and things. Uh, and that's where you get more of the sort of like straight up cowboy stuff mm-hmm. with the, the multiverse, uh, with his approach in DC metal, there's the dark multiverse, which is all of the worlds where shit things happened. Um, and you had, uh, um, a Batman analog for every justice league member. And they're all from, the dark multiverses where Batman flipped his lid for whatever reason. So you get, they're all led by the Batman who laughs, who is Batman, who was a Joker, mm-hmm. um, who looks, yeah, that was a big deal when that was coming out, you know, trying yeah, to, man. Yeah, yeah, I, even though me is more of a Marvel guy, I was like, now this, this is something over here. It's, it's fucking Batman who looks like a Cenobite. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really <laughs> like funny. straight up. Um, like he, he, the way his mask is set up, his cowl is set up so that he, you don't have, like, there are no eyes in it. Um, it is just like the, the cowl goes straight down over his, uh, over his, uh, eyes and nose. And there's a row of spikes that circle the cowl, um, where his eyes should be. Um, but like, yeah, there's a green lantern analog. The green lantern one is one of my favorites, um, where, uh, um, right after Bruce's parents are killed, Bruce is chosen to be a green lantern and he gets his ring and his willpower overrides, um, the, the, the Owen tech and he creates dark light holograms. Um, and so he ends up becoming 
this it, it, it's the 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 sort of parable of like you know or not parable but like a, a the cliche of you know you don't give a, a, an assault weapon to a three-year-old um he's this person who has just experienced extreme trauma and pain and he's just so angry and his will is so strong that he ends up becoming a supervillain um and like eviscerating uh, 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 various villains throughout the throughout throughout Gotham, um, just a straight up monster. Uh, like he actually like his his will actually cracks the ring and wow. distorts everything. Yeah, it's messed up. Anyway, I'm talking about this a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? If you were short on words, Mister Rambo, we never would have invited you on the podcast in the first place, my friend. So you were you were fulfilling your end of the contract. <laughs> but yeah, it's, good podcasting is yeah no, it's pretty good. It's, yeah, and that's it's, the end of it. They, they, then we'd have a real problem here. So don't worry about that. I, I also liked this thing. It's <laughs> yes, uh, I concur. Mm, quite uh, well. <laughs> that was an extra long episode. Um, yeah, no man. Uh, DC Metal was a lot of fun, and they're actually they're, they're, there's a sequel that's starting really soon. Actually, I think the, the first issue's already dropped. Um, that look looks like big dumb fun. Like in the in the fucking DC Metal, like. There, so the, the the dark multiverse is essentially trying to take over the entirety of the multiverse, and um, you get stuff like uh, what is essentially like it's straight up it's an, it's it's the, the the Infinity Gauntlet, but it's Batman created various super weapons, one of which is a gauntlet that you can put on your a glove that you can put on your hand, and instead of the the infinity stones, they're different colors of kryptonite, so you specifically can fight Kryptonians with them. Um and like that's just one of the little like nuggets of an idea that is in two or three panels in an eight issue miniseries. Um yeah, it's fucking bananas. <laughs> like Batman holding baby reincarnated Darkseid and brandishing him as a weapon against the other Justice League Justice you League know, members. Like like you do. Watch out for, you know, my semi-automatic baby. They, I mean, like that's a thing. <laughs> like <laughs> eyes are glowing with the Omega effect. Um so yeah, it's it is big dumb fun. Um and I I yeah, the Justice League run it just it it the the, the concept so far hasn't been exciting enough because because the, the scope of it is pretty big um we're talking like big universal uh scale things happening but it just hasn't really uh you know grabbed me and that's in that way that the you know a lot of his other stuff has which is kind of a bummer um yeah. the the last thing i'll talk about in terms of comics um uh before i can you know take a breath and let you guys speak is <laughs> um i finally read a book called i kill giants um, it's written by Joe Kelly and I am blanking on the name of the artist. Um, I know it was adapted into a movie that is currently on, I think Netflix. Um, uh, don't tell me about the movie. Ken Nimora, I think is the guy's name. Um, yeah, J.M. Ken Nimora. Um, and it is... It's a self-contained miniseries. Um, it is a story... It's it's a black-and-white comic about this young woman who's, like, you know, 10 or 11 years old. Um, and that's her whole deal. She, she's, the, she's the weird kid in school. And if you ask her what she does, her response is, I kill giants. 
Um, it's not a fantasy world. Uh, it's supposed to be set in, you know, as near a, a replication of the real world as possible. Um, she lives at home with her older sister and her older brother. Um, older sister is trying to take care of the entire family. And you know there's some sort of trauma there, but you're not sure quite what it is. And reading it, it it did a thing I was very impressed with, which was I knew where this was going to go. I knew the direction it was headed. And I knew what the Giants were supposed to represent. And then I didn't. It it absolutely went in the direction I expected, and then it swear it swerved. Um, which was a really cool surprise. Um, as someone that has experienced, I, I don't want to give away anything about the story. Um, but as someone who's experienced a certain kind of trauma, I was wrecked by this story, like openly weeping by the end of the story. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it, Joe Kelly's one of my favorite writers. It's a really beautifully written, uh, um, comic, um, and apparently it, it coincided with the release of the last issue coincided with an event for Kelly that um, it's not it's not fair to say it's referenced in the comic, but it it is thematically very similar to what happens in the comic. Uh, I know I'm working through some shit, basically. Well, certainly that. Um, but it, there's a there's a hell of a coincidence in because it, it was it was about a year between when uh, he wrote the issue and, and it released mm-hmm. um, and the the day the date of the release um, coincided with uh, something very tragic happening uh, to him and his family um, mm-hmm. yeah and it, it's it's uh, Joe Kelly's fine just just a heads up um, he's okay um, but he he experienced a, a really awful trauma that everybody has to experience at some point. Um, I'm being very vague, uh, which I know is not great radio. Uh, um, <laughs> but I, I very much recommend, um, if anybody has even the slightest interest in reading a story about uh, a preteen girl who fights giant monsters, um, but also has to go to school, I very much recommend it. it it's, it's got more of a, like sort of a D and D vibe than it does like a magical girl vibe. Um, but it is well worth picking up. Okay. Well, I mean, and we appreciate the, uh, the recommendation there too, because I know, especially with everything that's going on for everybody, um, more media to consume is always a good thing because it's a lot of times there can be a lack of new stuff coming out. And sometimes we just want something new to, to take. I mean, and honestly, these sound fascinating. Like I'm gonna have to look Joe, Joe Kelly up and see like what kind of other stuff he's done. Um, but I do want you, welcome to the show, a guy that we're all familiar with. He goes by many names. In fact, right now, the most popular would be Master Cheezer Brooks. Uh, <laughs> but he's jumping on the podcast, Mr. MC Brooks. Thank you for joining us. I know you had some family stuff going on, buddy. Um, so welcome to the show. Howdy. Howdy. How's he going? Yeah, hey. I, don't, I don't know if you heard or not, but uh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll save that for another time. Um we were doing a what to watch and we were talking about the things that we're watching, that we're reading, that we're playing, like, like what's on your, um, playlist right now? Like are any, any good albums, any good TV shows, movies, video games? Like what, what are you up to? Well, as 
as I've said a few times uh, on on this particular podcast, I have largely been binging anime since quarantine started. I have uh, I haven't deviated away very very often, um, but I'm I'm taking um, time right now to um, catch up on a couple things. Like I, I actually just finished watching Avatar for the first time. Uh, the last Airbender, not the not the awful movie, the actual <laughs> show. <laughs> Thank um, you for agreeing that movie sucks. Thank you. Yeah, I I, I I I watched two scenes of the of the film on YouTube and was like, yeah, I I can't. It's it's I, not I can't. It's not good. But it's, here's the thing. This is gonna sound weird. Disney ended up putting in Animal Kingdom, one of their their parks uh, down in uh, Walt Disney World. They put an Avatar Land. They call it Pandora, and. until you go there and you see it and you're just like okay this is kind of cool now i'm not saying it makes you want to watch the movie because the movie still sucks it it shouldn't but like one of the rides that they have is you're riding one of those dragon things i think they call them econs or ecrons or something but like you literally ride it and it feels like you're actually riding like a like a dragon it's the craziest shit ever it's like the most immersive ride i've ever been on in my life so that's it quick aside yeah. on that but yeah what's your what's your take on avatar because like avatar the last airbender seems to be one of those divisive animes you it, either love I mean, it or you hate it really shouldn't be divisive it, it might pot like if someone were to say that it's the greatest animated uh cartoon to ever exist i would probably agree with them and wow. i'm not saying that i'm not saying that as just some hot take or just because i just finished it a few days ago like when when I because because I've also done a lot of reading on on the show also I know there's some tie-in comics uh, that I just ordered also because I'm, I'm I am really curious to to kind of read more about uh, other things that took place over the course of the story but when I when I really like in watching it like you know, you know I mean you guys know how it is when you're watching stuff sometimes you'll come across things in the show that don't really appear to make sense or things that are kind of unexplained and then they kind of never get explained and you kind of just let it go because whatever. Yeah. Law. You know, I, I never really, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, w- when it came to avatar, like I, it, it never, I, I never really got that. Like just from a writing perspective, I, I really enjoyed how, well, I mean, I, I enjoyed how each one of the characters are written I think Avatar really set a precedent for how to do a redemption arc when it comes to Zuko. Uh, like, I don't know if anyone on here has, has watched it, but with with Zuko, it, it's the perfect redemption arc. Like it, it, it handles it in a way that I don't feel like it's done very often on on other shows. It's like sometimes when they they redeem characters that are irredeemable, or sometimes they they don't do redemption well. Because they just try to rush it for plot reasons or, or just bad writing in general. I mean, they they managed they managed to just cover so much to to tell this wonderful, amazing story, and there there really isn't much you can poke holes in as far as the story is concerned. As far as kit the characters, like all the characters always do things that are on brand for their characters. Like you don't see them sacrificing one character because they need a thing to happen. Uh, to advance the plot in a certain direction like everything that happens is something that is believable for each for each particular character and like you just kind of can't help but but really you know root for them and they're just some really great mo- they're just some really wonderful moments just all around like i i i've i very much enjoyed it and um 
like I, I'm like like I said, I'm ordering the tie-in comics because I really want to read more about it. And um, and this is how it relates to uh, what I'm watching. I just started watching Legend of Korra, which is the uh, the follow-up series uh, starring Korra, who is the Avatar seventy year, uh, who is the next Avatar after Aang, and it takes place seventy years after the events of the initial series. And so it's a uh, just right off the back, it's a very different series, but I, I find that to be a good thing because I, I know Korra is a divisive series. A lot of people not a big fan of the Korra character, and honestly, I understand. I don't dislike her, but I can understand why she would be annoying. Hmm. <laughs> I, I like it because she, she kind of has this personality of, of just, oh, I'm already really good at things. I don't need to listen to you on how to do things because I'm already good at things, you know? And then ultimately, as what usually happens is they get knocked down the peg and then they have to try to figure figure stuff out. So I understand why people don't like Korra, but I'm only I'm I think three episodes from the from the end of season one. And the tone is different, but it's you can still see that it's still set in the same world. You still get appearances from some of the original characters or references to some of the original characters. Um, you also are interacting with the children of of the original characters, like Tenzin, who is the son of Aang. Um, and it and so uh, I'm in, I'm enjoying it so far. It's 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 good. It's different, but I wanted it to be different because I, I I probably would I, I I wasn't looking for it to be just Avatar with a woman. Like I wanted her to be a different character, and I, and it's it's uh it's knocked that out so far. Some variety, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, that's good. I mean, like, I, I, Rambo, I'm going to steal one of your fra- your phrases. I am glad that you are enjoying this show. Um, I've never been a huge anime person, like, n- for no reason other than I just I never got into it. And it's one of those things where I just don't know where to start. And um, I, like, I, I actually texted Steve and we'll tie this together because Steve's about to, to bounce out for the evening. Mm-hmm. I texted Steve the other day uh, because somebody was nice enough to share their HBO Max uh, login with me, so I have access to that. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, James Rambo. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they have a lot of the DC animated stuff. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. Holy shit, where do I start? And, like, I have no idea, like, where I should start with this, like, or does it matter? And, like, it's... It's like it's it's overwhelming in a way because like I hear so much good stuff from what you guys are saying, but at the same time too, it's just kind of like, am I gonna watch this and be like, well, crap, now I gotta go back and catch this other thing in order for me to really understand exactly what's going on with this, or does it really matter? Can I just jump in anywhere? So. Oh, uh, well, to to answer, I mean, for one, uh, Flashpoint Paradox would be the start of the recent DCAU arc, so that would be the starting point. But many of the movies themselves are largely self-contained. Like there's stuff that there there's stuff that they may reference that may tie into something from another movie. But many of them are self-contained. Like you could watch the death of you could watch the uh, the Superman movies, and those are like that story just fits perfectly like on its own without needing to watch the Flashpoint Paradox or Justice League Dark or anything like that. Nice. Mr. Monick, do you have any closing remarks before you leave us for this evening? Yeah, one last thing that I've I've kind of been reading recently, and it ties into this whole anime slash. I'm going to bring a little manga in. If we're going to be technical, I believe the term is doujinshi, which is a fan manga. Uh, 
but the Dragon Ball world that that was my entry into mm-hmm. anime. Um, watching it on Toonami, you know, after school, and that that was kind of my entryway in. And um, there's a really great fan comic out there called Dragon Ball Multiverse. I've read it before, and it's it's been going on. They release pages every once in a while. I mean, it's a slow burn because it's not professionals. It's not, you know, an actual company producing these. This is 100% fan-originated stuff. Um, but if you're a big, big fan of Dragon Ball and Z and uh, not so much GT, that's not really in there at all. Um, and Super is not really – this was out years before Super was there, uh, and it's still running – uh, it's a really fun story about um, kind of a Dragon Ball multiverse with divergent timelines where, you know, if if they lost to this villain or if this event never happened or whatever, and all these different timelines meet up in this central kind of prime universe and are having a huge battling tournament, like a, a huge multiverse tournament and all all your favorite characters are there so uh it's a really fun and interesting story um and the fact that it's fan made and you can tell these guys just live breathe dragon ball um so if you're a fan it's it's a good good read um and just search dragon ball multiverse and it's the first thing that pops up and you can read the whole thing it's a web comic like our our friend steve Connolly's is, is is available to read online so that's a fun thing to do but um yeah, I mean, there's there's so like we've all talked about. There's so much out there. You really can't go wrong, right? I'm gonna look that up because I haven't I haven't watched Super yet. The last thing I watched of Dragon Ball was GT. So I'm I'm really interested. I'm gonna look this up. Yeah, it essentially picks up from like the very last episode of Z and like Super. They they do like after Super started. Like I think it was actually it wasn't even Super. I think it was just Battle of Gods, the movie. Um, like they have a little cameo where. Beerus and Weezer in the audience, like it's just like one panel kind of nod to like, oh, okay, we understand that Super is a thing, and now there is a multiverse in Dragon Ball, and we we get this. But they were kind of even before that, and it's um, there's a lot of little references and nods. Um, it's it's a really fun uh, storyline, and it's got the essence of Dragon Ball, where there's both the dichotomy of insanely amazing, awesome action battle. And then really weird, goofy nonsense. And the balancing of those two things is inherently Dragon Ball. Uh, and they carry through that the same way I love the Timothy's on Star Wars books because I felt it captured the essence of what made the original trilogy great. This does the same thing for Dragon Ball. Awesome. Sweet. Yeah, good stuff, dude. Yeah, I mean, it, that, that's one of the things I love about doing these episodes like this, too, is where we get to share things that we're really enjoying, but also to, like, give each other, like, tips on, like, oh, hey, by the way, you should check this out. And, like, it's this, sh- you know, we have our own shared multiverse of awesome things that we watch. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> the GGR MCU or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> There's a divergent timeline where Vic is still one of the hosts. Um <laughs> That's a that's a deep dive. You guys wouldn't get that. Okay, uh, Steve got it. It was, so they, be there. it was an inside joke just for Steve. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Give me a good chuckle. I'm glad that I could uh, do that as well. Um, but yeah, hey buddy, again, thanks, man. We appreciate uh, all your contributions to our wonderful website and podcast. And I hope you and the wife and the kids have a wonderful weekend and 
stay safe in all this coronavirus stuff nonsense yeah you you guys too love you guys and love having these conversations both the uh the good the bad the ugly that we talk about here it's it's always fun and illuminating no matter what the topic so thanks for uh, another great night guys all right brother take care have a good night thank you for listening to ggr pirate radio make sure you check out our website greatgeekrefuge.com for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts this has been pirate radio network production juice bags (laughs) (laughs) yeah boy